biggest games. The biggest events. Wow, the crowd is on their feet. The biggest stories. This is what you signed up for, Seth. I thought it was just in the game. Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the ESPN Esports Podcast. I'm Rachel Gu, and I'm joined by Jacob on the desk today. And our producer, Tarika, who's with us behind the glass. And we have a man who needs no real introduction. We have Jordan, but most of you may know him as nothing. Um, Rifler for Cloud9. How you doing, Jordan? Good. I just uh, found a little quiet space here in the PGL studios over in uh, Bucharest. Just uh, over here preparing right now to play our first match of the major qualifier tomorrow. Yeah, and then... You have the major qualifier. You have ESL Cologne coming up. I mean, do you ever just catch a break and relax ever? Well, um, the 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 year for a pro CS player kind of is a roller coaster a bit. And generally during this part of the year, we got quite a few events. It's kind of up to some of the teams to choose how busy their schedule gets. And also, if you qualify for the major, that helps. But yeah, we've been on the road for like six two, three weeks now, and we got another two, three weeks ahead of us, so it's uh, quite a bit, and we're just focusing on one thing at a time. This major qualifier is fairly competitive, but I don't know if it's uh, more or less competitive than the previous one for the E-League major. What do you think? I don't know. Uh, I've, my team's kind of split as well on that. Uh, I thought it was more competitive this time, but, uh, you know, last year was pretty vicious too, so either way. Gotta, we basically, I think everyone learned at this point, no matter who you're playing, there's no no one you should take for granted, as um, proved last year by the guys from CIS region playing really well and different things like that. So we just got to make sure we're showing up no matter who we're playing. Right. Well, before we dive too much into things, Jordan, you're our first time guest on the podcast. So you need to tell us your favorite sport, your favorite sports team, and your favorite player. Um, okay. Well, uh, ice hockey, probably. Um, nowadays it would be the Ducks. Uh, my favorite ice hockey player of all time was Pavel Bure. And okay. as of recently, I've been enjoying golf. So those are, those are three different things. Nice. And you're from San Diego. Do you have any feeling on the Chargers moving to Los Angeles? <laughs> I don't really care. I mean, I think a lot of people are a little bit butthurt just because, you know, that's everyone's, that's how fans are in the NFL. It's all geo-based fans, and it's, it's really tough to just switch a team out. It feels like part of your identity was removed without you asking, so I'm sure it's tough for some people. Right. Oh, that's very eloquent. Um, well, before the podcast, our editor, shout out to Darren Kulinski, was asking me and Jacob constantly who the guest was, and both me and Jacob kept saying, it's nothing, and he kept telling us, why won't you tell me? Like, who is it? <laughs> so, Jordan, yeah. I've always been curious. How did you get your name? Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty simple. Um, it was I was pretty young playing Counter-Strike, and people were saying I'm shooting them through things like it was nothing. I was killing people through smokes and through walls. And everyone's like, you're shooting us through stuff like it's nothing. You're cheating. So I was tagging up like it's nothing. It was kind of like a fun little punchline to me. And then I thought it was neat to change my name to nothing because, you know, a big part of Counter-Strike when I was growing up was choosing an alias and sticking with it so you can pick, a, pick a, get a reputation. But I can never stick to one. I had like six different names before that. I kind of just t- typed in nothing and then put a zero in there because it added that little touch to it and then uh, kind of ran with it. 
So our, for our listeners that are unfamiliar with Jordan and, and kind of his career, you're one of the oldest uh, in terms of career length uh, players in Counter-Strike, and you started playing this while you were a really young teenager. I remember talking to you about your mom taking you to LANs uh, during Counter-Strike 1.6 days. Uh, you were obviously a part of the, the legendary Evil Geniuses team back then. Uh, looking from Counter-Strike when you first started and looking at Counter-Strike now, uh, how do you th- how do you think it's grown as a game and as a business? Well, um, obviously, in quite a few ways. Um, in terms of in the game, you know, Counter-Strike Go is obviously different in the sense that the nades are different, the physics are different, um, the eco rounds are different in the sense of how you could win them a lot easier. And then in terms of the structure, obviously, when I was really big in the game, we didn't have live streaming in the form of Twitch. Of course, Justin TV came around, but no one was really using it to broadcast events. So the whole infrastructure was kind of uplifted by the by the, the oncoming of streaming. You know, StarCraft got really big towards the end of 1.6, and then when Go came out, it was able to kind of slowly catch that momentum. And obviously, everything from, you know, just player achievement at the tournaments to the amount and scale of tournaments has grown since I uh, began. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the PGL Major Qualifier taking place this weekend. Um, I know you and your team went over to Germany a little early to boot camp, so how is that adjustment so far, and how's the boot camp going? Currently, we're at the Major Qualifier, so Cologne's next week, so we're using this as like a hybrid boot camp, but after Cologne's, if we make the Major, we're doing an actual full week boot camp, so this is just kind of like a couple days of practice, and uh, to speak on that, it's actually really good that we get to practice because, you know, when your team's on the road for three or four weeks, you don't actually get a lot of practice time, and it's very detrimental, actually. Um, you know, we would we obviously did ourselves a disservice by not qualifying for the major last time and not getting top eight, but that would give us more time. So generally, the better we're placing, the more time you have in between. So it sucks. It is what it is. There's a lot of teams in our shoes, though, so we can't use it as an excuse. And, uh, you know, we've got to try to keep our communication up in between all these all these games we're playing. So there are a lot of the the European teams that got really good before last major qualifier uh, that basically earned their legend status and now don't have to play in this major qualifier. Uh, there are still some very good teams looking at the list of people. G2 obviously has been phenomenal over the last uh, few tournaments, or at least, you know, more than serviceable than they were previously when they fell apart. Uh, who do you think your strongest opponents are in the major qualifier this weekend? Yeah, well, you could probably help me with that. I'm actually just focused on our first game big. I know Liquid's here, G2's here, like you're saying. Um, even teams like Ty Lue could probably surprise. Immortals, I would say, is another one of the stronger teams here. Um, is Fnatic here? No, Fnatic no. is not. They no, rega- who, they- who, there's one more team I'm thinking of. Who is it? Uh, Hellraiser's Mouse uh, Sports are both, and Godsent. Those oh, are the other yeah. big ones. Yeah, yeah, Well, Hellraiser's, I think, is a team. The Ukrainian and CIS teams can always show up big. Godsent, of course, has a lot of potential with Pronax leading them and some skill there. And So, yeah, um, probably G2 and Immortals would probably be our toughest opponents. So, Jordan, um, actually, that makes me curious a little bit. So, Generally, when you look at tournaments, do you just look at the opponent you have that coming week and really just zone in on them instead of focusing on sort of the big picture? Well, we have analysts now. We have a coach now. Um, it's It kind of depends on the format. So some tournaments you are going to play multiple games in a day and you try to just get an idea, depending on how much all the lead time you have to play. If you have a month, you're kind of silly not to at least do some research on all the teams, at least 50% of their game, right? So you have a little idea. And then 
every right before each map, you can kind of do a little bit more fine-tuned research when you think you know what maps you're going to play. So I guess it just varies on how much time, for one, you have to prepare once you know the matchup, and then two, the format, which dictates obviously how many maps you play or what the veto process is, and then that determines you know how um, how sure you can be of what map you're going to play. And ESL One Cologne is right after the major qualifier. If you do make it to the major, uh, there are a lot of teams that are sitting in those legend spots: Fnatic, Phase, SK, Virtus Pro, Navi. Uh, obviously, are the the ones that have been very good recently. Um, and there's a chance that you get to play them at Cologne. Do you like Cologne being right before the major in hopes to get a little preview of these these teams before you play them at a bigger event? Oh, uh, I mean, yes and no. I guess, like, I feel like either way they might hide some stuff. Like, if it's truly, like, revolutionary strat, I think they'd be pretty dumb to use it. I think even teams like SK who say they never hide strats, they're always going to hide a little bit of something, or maybe they won't counter a team. You know, they might abuse a team, uh, but, you know, some teams are more stubborn and they don't change things, so you just got to pay attention. And I, I don't know if I like it right before it. Um, you know, I, I like spreading out events more, but I can't really, I don't really have a stand at this point, so I'm just, I'm just going to try to do my best and uh, make the most out of it. I'm kind of curious. I'm not that well-versed in CSGO, to be honest, but what Dark Horse teams do you think will fly under the radar at the PGL ma- Major Qualifier and or at Cologne? Um, here, I think the first matchup we're playing big, um, I think Penta, a couple of teams you could, Hellraisers, um, Tyloo potentially, seeing how they bring in Peacemaker and maybe get some new ideas on how to play. Um, you know, Godsend, there's not, Godsend's not really a dark horse, but they have, they have enough mind on their team to know how to potentially beat anyone in confidence. So these are teams that you might not be reading about a lot lately who could all win. Okay. How do you feel if you end up playing some of your North American buddies in the sense of uh, Immortals and Liquid? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, if we have to play them, we have to play them. And, you know, as much as we are all brothers in arms over here in North America, we, of course, like keeping the top spot here. So we'd gladly take them down. All right, well, more ESPN Esports in a moment. But first, we'd like to hear from you. Whether you're new to the podcast or have been listening for some time, we'd like to know how we're doing. If you like what you hear, make sure you're subscribed so we're easy to find next time. And if you subscribe in the ESPN app, we can send you an alert whenever we have a new episode. And you can always tweet us your thoughts at ESPN underscore Esports. And we're back with the ESPN Esports podcast. As you know, I'm Rachel, and I'm here with Jacob and Jordan on the podcast today. So, um, Jordan, what are your expectations coming into the major qualifier, and how far do you think C9 will go this time around? Um, we're looking to we're looking to go through with no more than one loss. I, um, you know, only two teams I think statistically can go three and zero. Is it? I don't know yes. exactly. Yeah, and those two teams um, so, come in first and second and get higher seeding. So yes. Yeah, so we're shooting for that, of course, but we could run into some tough battles along the way. So really just getting to those three victory points and hopefully only losing one game would be a win in my book. What do you expect for yourself out of Cologne? Cologne is going to be interesting. It's kind of in that limbo stage for a lot of teams, especially the ones coming here as well. Um, I don't don't know if I even have an answer, which might even be the answer in itself. Do you think that there is any particular team at Cologne that you're looking forward to facing? Uh, like we said earlier, there are teams that will not be at the major qualifier, but will be at the major, but will be at Cologne in between. Well, I guess 
I mean, I guess we play Nip first round, which is pretty neat to see them with Rez and Draken. Um, so that'll be interesting. We play them first. Who's a team who always poses a challenge to you? Like a team that you find it difficult maybe to figure out or is always very tricky? On a domestic level, it's been mostly Immortals. And on an international level, mostly probably Virtus Pro. Um, you know, even though we might know what they're doing, all, they always seem to kind of win the... I don't even know the philosophical battle of the game. They they always seem to have their heads in the right place in order to have to approach our game. And the only times we beat Immortals lately was at the minor qualifier, and that's when we kind of went kind of guns out and just kind of got super aggressive and took them down. So that'll only work on certain maps, and we just got to keep you know keep our mental game strong because I don't know that's that's a big thing for us. I, ho- I hope we get a chance to prove that we could beat DP in the near future. And um, I wanted to ask you, so your coach Valens joined you earlier this February, um, and how has your relationship with him developed over time, and what have you learned under his tutelage? Yeah, well, Valens is a smart guy, not just in CS in general. Um, as a lot of you know, he juggles multiple jobs. He, he's a you know data scientist at Google and also is a coach for us. I've actually known him for quite a long time. Um, we never really played together back in the day, but we always kind of like pick up games together. I'm friends with him and his brother and stuff like that. So we have a good relationship, super easygoing guy, super good to talk to. In terms of how we've utilized him on the team and how he's helped us, it's been kind of a work in progress. Um, you know, he's been helping Stu just prepare for matches, and Stu, Stu is actually a really good in-game leader for how inexperienced he is. You know, he has his flaws just like all of us. And Soham's been helping him there. Um, Soham's been helping me with some of my, my like, defensive stuff on CT side, some of the problems I had. So that's been nice to just, like, help get me more focused for games and have more data to kind of go off of. And that helps me be more focused. So I think overall he helps us all in different ways. And to be honest, we're still finding the best ways to use him because, um, you know, it changes as, um, as our team does. And it looked like last fall that you guys were kind of peaking at where you wanted to be. Uh, it was right after, it was shortly after you added Automatic and you obviously upset SK in their own home turf of Brazil for ESL Pro League. But then you, then you failed to qualify for the next major. Um, so it was, it looked like things were kind of like a roller coaster and going up and down within the team. Uh, do you hope to become more consistent in the next few months as we have these, you know, three massive events here in the next few weeks and then also after that? Well, I think anyone would be dumb to answer that they don't hope to be more consistent. I think in reality, it's it's a tough task to be consistent with certain styles. So I think my hope is that we realize more how we need to approach each team and we get better at connecting because like connecting to each other before the match and just talking and, and hashing things out. Because, you know, you saw Smith's interview the other day where he said, you know, CS teams are still more player driven than most other esports, let alone sports in general. And I think one of the biggest team reasons our team and many teams are inconsistent is because sometimes it's a tough conversation to have when you have to address weak points in certain individual matchups and not be, um, not have your ego taken too big of a hit when you need to say, okay, you know, uh, you know, like, like, like sometimes Suey picks up the out for Skadoodle and that's not as like a main strat. That's just to get a unique kill or, Sometimes someone, uh, Tim does something for me because he might be better at lurking or something like that. And that's just one example. And 
you know, it's not to say any one of us has an issue with that talking, but that's a big thing that sometimes we don't always do is approach the match with the right mindset. And I think we need to keep our communication up. And if you talk to most teams, sometimes that happens where they just kind of go in the motions and say, hey, we should show up and play our game and it should work. But really, we're not cognizant enough of the fact that some of the reasons we won rounds are because we were winning game duels and our strats weren't always on point. So it's, it's, it's something you kind of figure out, and you're always jealous of the teams like SK and you, you know VP at one point, Nip at one point, Fnatic at one point, where they can seem to just kind of default, and all five players seem to just be masters at the role. And you know we're not we're not really at that stage right now, but we have the ability to beat any team. So Counter Strike is very weird in that sense. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap things up. Um, that's all the time we actually have for the podcast today. But thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us. And we really hope you can join us after your busy schedule clears up. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, ESPN, for the interview. And if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, at nothing. If you want to make fun of Jacob Wolf at Twitter, do that, too. <laughs> I was and about to do that. <laughs> see more about Cloud9, head to cloud9.gg. Jordan, that's my job. I'm supposed to say follow Jordan on Twitter at nothing with a zero. I even wrote it down. I love how he wants to make fun of me, too. Like like people don't enough. But I'm lagging a bit. You know what? You know what, Jordan? If you guys, if you guys, oh, don't qualify, lagging, I just quote, quote, lagging quote, right? Okay. If uh, if you guys don't qualify for the major, I might have some edgy Cloud Nine tweets. So. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want more esports content, you can check out ESPN.com/esports. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at ESPN underscore esports at Rachel Youngu at Chico Ben Wolf at Shino Sports underscore and at Nothing with a zero. Thanks for listening to the ESPN Esports Podcast.